0: I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com.
1: Welcome to an all-new Better Podcasting Live Chat. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is SP.
0: I am psyched to be here tonight. It's Tuesday night. That means it is time for a Better Podcasting Live Chat. This is where we come to answer your questions about podcasting. And if there aren't any questions, we got a couple of things to talk about. And then we're out of here because I've got stuff to do, namely editing. And I think Steven is going to go mow his lawn.
1: Uh, no, I don't own a smart home uh, mower yet, so I'm just going to give up on my lawn. That's what's going to happen. But yes, we are here every other week, usually, to do what those things SP said. But you can actually come by every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern to Geeks.Live, because when we're not doing this show, we're doing the full, the prime Better Podcasting, which you can find at the same time. But You might have noticed, I said usually every other week because it appears as of this moment in two weeks time, we will not have a Better Podcasting live chat. So we'll be off for the next episode of Better Podcasting live chat in two weeks, most likely. Keep your eyes on Twitter and social media and things like that. And uh, if we're going to do one, we will make sure that we say it. But as it stands... Uh, you can count on getting a break from the better podcasting live chat, which means you can answer your own questions in our voices, in your mind.
0: If somebody could, um, could, uh, what do you call it? When you sound like somebody else imitate, if somebody could imitate us on a show that we've had some people take over our show before, but actually imitate us, (laughs) that would be awesome. You know,
1: it would be good. Uh, hey, let's start off by talking a little bit about Apple Podcasts relaxing their 300 episode limit. I wanted to mention this right off the bat because this was interesting. This came out in pod news on the 5th of March that, quote, Apple Podcasts is relaxing their 300 episode limit shortly. Listeners using the latest beta versions of the app can browse the latest 2000 episodes, end quote. If you didn't know this, Apple Podcasts has for a while had like in the, um, when you look back on, feeds in certain ways in Apple Podcasts, you will only see the most previous 300 episodes. That didn't mean that people didn't have a way to get them and put them to their phone, but it was mostly in the navigation aspect of it. So way to go, Apple. Realizing that there's lots of podcasts past 300 episodes, you should pat yourself on the back or realize that you're behind. And this is why uh, Spotify is projected to pass you by the end of 2021.
0: Well, I actually enjoy this because Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is past 300 and we don't have an episode, I think, 1 through 13, I believe, on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And this would be cool because we are planning on re-recording episodes 1 through 13 and dropping them. Into the feed, and they will become available for everybody. We're at slightly right now three hundred sixty-six, I believe, episodes. So right now in Apple Podcasts, people can't go back. Now, if you're subscribed to the show, you could go back all the way to the beginning. But if somebody's just looking us up, the first episode that they get is uh, episode sixty-seven or something like that. It's plus or minus one or two in there. So yeah, I'm excited about that. And we there's other shows that have more than three hundred, like Gonna Geek Show.
1: That's why I was fully, fully in sarcastic mode when I mentioned that because there are many, many shows that are well past 300. That was the sarcasm in my voice uh, that clearly didn't come out well enough. But uh, two things on this. Number one, you said you don't have an episode one through 13, which I believe follows your exact hobby podcasting rules, which is always start with episode 14. I think that's one of your golden rules of hobby podcasting, right? You should skip bypass no, one through 13. Uh,
0: okay, so you want me to tell the whole story? I <laughs> guess it's t- if I brought it up, I need to tell the whole story. So the reason why there isn't an episode one through 13 is because there was an entirely different crew that did episode one through 13. I'm actually on two of the episodes, so that's cool, but it was the guy who started the podcast, which was Nightwing, who we podcast with on the Gonna Geek show for quite some time. His co-hosts, beef and the operator and it was a not safe for work show. And then when I took over the show at about episode 14, I decided to make it a safe for work show or a clean show. And in order to maintain that clean show rating, I decided to hide the first 13 from the feed. I still have the episodes. They're still available if you want them. They're on the website, but they are no longer available on the RSS feed and haven't been for years. So and there's a reason for that because it just wasn't the crew. So, yes, I do intend on going back and re-recording those episodes. We've actually already made the decision. And so we're just going to do that. And it's going to be real fun uh, taking it, uh, introducing everybody to the show, preparing them for what's going to happen for the next eight years if they uh, want to watch it. And then we'll just see what goes on from there.
1: Also, uh, I had mentioned there something about Spotify being projected to pass Apple Podcasts. That was actually something else I wanted to incorporate in there as well, because there is a new report from eMarketer that claims that by the end of 2021, Spotify will have 28.2 million people listening to podcasts versus Apple's projected uh, 28 million. Now, this is hinging on current projections and things like that. And I think it's important that we remember that There was a bit of a big shift with somebody in Spotify becoming an exclusive that might have accelerated that trajectory. I think it's also important that we remember that there is a whole listener habit shift that probably happened due to COVID. So I'll believe this when I see this. I think there's enough variables that have happened over the last year or so that I I, I don't know what their methodology was for their projections, but I question projections at this time. In any case, I hope it's true. Uh, I would love to see Apple crushed and then someone else come in and and um, chip away at both of those market shares as well because I've expressed before my my concerns with Apple having the big piece of the pie. So I'm okay if instead of one big piece of pie, there's multiple people having to share that pie.
0: So I did see this article. The one particular thing that I noticed with it, it there's there's no actual statistics to back it up or anything. I have no reason to doubt or to believe it. I am suspicious of it, cautiously optimistic, whatever you want to call it. I do think that having Spotify overtake Apple Podcasts actually makes sense because there's just more people listening on Spotify. There's more notoriety on Spotify. Apple has not provided really good content like Spotify has. So that is something that I'm just going to wait to see. I'm not going to say this is wrong. I'm not going to say it's right. But you're going to have to show me at this point because I have not seen any statistics to prove that this is actually going to happen.
1: By the way, in our chat, Damien says, hey, Google is chipping away.
0: (laughs) ah, There you go. There you go. So. This is our live show. We're here to answer questions. We did get a question in the chat. We also got some questions beforehand. So let's just start off by a question in the chat. SP's missing beard says, finally pulled the trigger on a Roadcaster Pro. What pitfalls should I watch out for setting it up? I do have one. To watch out for. Make sure you call it the right thing because it's gonna <laughs> screw you up over and over again. So, Stephen, what do you got?
1: Yeah. Other thing is try the different settings um with your specific microphones and your voice as far as the effects go because that was the thing. And and I don't know that I ever clearly laid out what happened with the Rodecaster Pro. So here here's the backstory and why we don't have a lot of content about it other than my experience weaved into our shows because. When I I had that sent to me by SP, I went and I did a many, many hour shootout of a bunch of different microphones. I I did this and it didn't sound good. Something sounded off. So I was going to put that out there. And then we got word that they were doing a big firmware update that would affect some of those settings. And then I went and I listened and things were a little bit different and I just never got back to it. But they've continued to evolve those effects and how they interact um, with microphones and and the EQs and things like that. So I I think that they have really tried to continue to evolve those effects. And as such, you might find that there is some variance um, depending on the settings that you have. When I did those shootouts, I did find that all those different sounds did make some microphones sound worse on one setting and some sound better on that same setting. So uh, definitely try it with your specific microphone and your voice because those do make a difference. Um, also, be careful because unless it's changed, I believe there is basically a clipping failsafe, which means that you might be driving too much gain because you're not hearing it clip. But even though you've um, put the level to a certain, the fader to a certain level, you might find that it's automatically punching it down. Um, That was sort of my experience as well. So when you're at unity, depending on the microphone might not have been unity. So I would say work your way up um, from bottom to up when you're applying the gain. that may have changed. I'm a little distant from from it. I haven't given it a test in a little while, so I can't say for sure what's been happened in the latest firmware, but those would be the kind of the couple tips that I would say at at the start of things. Oh, and also make sure you do actually uh, have a decent micro SD card. I think that one takes because I have seen over the years, many people complain about failures from recordings. Mm. And I think that when you look at the amount of people that have had success, it's probably a sign of a bad SD or an SD card that is not fast enough or something like that. So, th- those would be my off the top of my head tips.
0: I do have one tip that Stephen probably didn't cover, and that is uh, I have my H6 on battery power. And if I ever convert to the H8, I will have it on battery power as well. And this is important because if you have a blip, a power surge, or something like that, that it might affect the recording. Now, uh, what I do actually, um, I don't have mine on battery power because I had an issue with batteries in there that went bad over time. What I did is I connected it to my UPS. And I think that if you have a UPS or if you don't have a UPS, if you decide to go with a recording device such as a Rodecaster Pro, uh, Zoom, whatever, I think you should put it on a UPS. It'll protect against power surges and it will protect your recording from just blipping out of existence. So those are just simple things that I would recommend for any recording device, including the roadcaster pro.
1: What if I have a FedEx and not a UPS?
0: Uh, That's uh, up to you. I mean, uh, I assume the trucks both have the same sort of uh, diesel engines and power and stuff like that. I I don't know. You're, you're throwing me for a loop here, Steven. Uh, But those, those are some things that I would uh, look out for. And then Damien also asked a question and this might, we might put this off for a an actual better podcasting prime show. It's maybe it's not a good live chat topic, maybe a full episode, but taking a break an extended break. I'm officially three weeks into no editing. I think we've touched on this before in the better podcasting prime a little bit, but uh, Stephen, uh, what are your thoughts on this real quick? Uh,
1: yeah, I, think that if you're going to do any break, communicate it Uh, like we did at the top of the show. Uh, We communicated that likely we will have a week off. I think that's important. Um, And I think I don't know We we, you said. it. We've done a few different shows on taking breaks and you definitely need to watch your sanity as a hobby podcaster. I think that it's more important for you to keep enjoying your hobby is by making sure that you take the breaks as you feel you need. Full disclosure: In two weeks, if if we're not recording, it's because I am taking a bit of forced vacation time um, that I that I have to use by the end of March.
0: Kind of similar to what I what I did last September, that sort of thing. Uh, the one thing that we usually say that I don't think is going to apply to Damien because I think he, I know why he's taking a break. It is. Set a time that you're going to come back and announce Mm. that to everybody. And if you don't know, like in Damien's case, I don't think he really knows because I think he's taking a forced hiatus because of COVID, the pandemic and the ability to gather together to record. I think most of the time, though, if you set a time, hey, we'll be back at such and such a date, you're setting expectations. And then we talked about having a trailer in advance too to hype your listeners back to, hey, be prepared for a new episode to drop at a certain time. So, Damien, for your sake, when you do come back to record, I would drop that trailer like the moment you record your first episode. And then I know it takes you a couple of weeks to come out and and edit a show and everything because he adds all the sound design and stuff like that. I think in your case that I would record and release that trailer right there and just set a time that your first episode is going to drop and then and work towards that. That's what I would recommend to do. we did get some questions on our Discord server, right, Stephen?
1: Yes, we did. And uh, I think you were going to run them down. Yes. So
0: the first question was from Betsy. She asked, is, is it better to start with a higher plan for podcast hosting, more megabits, or start smaller and upgrade later? Once you pick a plan, are you locked in for a set period of time? Is upgrading to advanced stats worth it when starting out and listenership is low? What is the con- uh, conversion rate of minutes to megabytes? I've seen some variations online. I know you've covered this before, but I had trouble Finding the episode. Wow, that is a loaded question, Betsy, but we'll break it down. First of all, I think we need to start with Steven and just go. You would recommend to people that can handle it to host their own show,
1: right? Yeah, well. Okay. I'm going to say no on that. And and the reason I'm going to say no on that is because of the fact that um, media hosting and available options. Things have changed so much that I think that you've got the... If you're going to get into the technical workings of actually self-hosting your own file, I think there's options out there that you are almost as affordable to just use the media hosting for the file and still host your RSS feed independently. That's what I'm doing on the Gunna Geek Show is self-hosting the RSS. Technically... This shows on Pinecast because we said that when we started this that we were doing it as a test, right. but the RSS feed is technically self-hosted. So I, I think that the landscape has evolved and there's affordable options. And again, if you're getting into the technical aspects of hosting the file, I think you can do things technically to protect yourself if that media host goes down and you need to redirect. But that's a whole other side conversation.
0: Okay. So for for my aspect, what I would recommend is you have a bunch of media hosts that have variable plans. You have some that have smaller plans that you can start out and and pay less and then pay more when you need more storage or you have more bandwidth or something like that. I think when you first start out, unless you have a gigantic following somewhere, I would go as low as you can to get the capabilities that you need from the media host. So you do need some sort of stats. They don't have to be the top of the line stats, but you're going to need to view and gauge how well you're doing over time a little bit. I wouldn't obsess about it. I know it's difficult to say because every new podcaster obsesses about stats quite a bit. I mean, even today, I look at stats once a week because I upload uh, the episode and I make sure I view the stats and then I go about my business just to make sure I know what the trends are like. but. If you're watching them every hour, you're watching them way too much. I think you can go low when you start out and then as your needs evolve, you can go higher. And I think most allow you to switch plans mid-month. You just end up paying more for that particular month. I don't know of any that don't allow you to switch right away. And if there are any, if anybody knows of any, please let us know, because I don't think there are. OK, her next question, once you pick Can a plan. Can I just
1: quickly throw one other thing in there? Um, sure. Uh, you mentioned in there, for um, pick the plan that works for you. I think that that is something that needs to be double tapped on because sure. companies are getting smart. Uh, they're balancing plans that are cheaper with less features. And I think you need to look at what features you specifically need. That might force you into that higher plan, even though you don't need the space, you don't need the the um, uh, data or whatever it is, you might find that that higher plan has a feature that you need specifically. And I know that um, for a while, Podbean was like that, I believe it was, where maybe it was Libsyn. Anyways, one of the two, the cheaper plan didn't give people the certain stat that they did want. And well, so, definitely
0: Libsyn. Was I don't Libsyn. know about Podbean.
1: Okay. And so definitely look at what is important for you and look at that full feature list because I think that that's probably when you're starting out going to be more of the limiting factor for you.
0: Yeah, and as long as choosing a media host for whatever reason, I do look at the long-term, like how long do I want these episodes out there? If I want them out there for a long period of time, after I stop producing the show, I want to make sure I can throttle that plan back to absolutely nothing, but still have the episodes available. So that is a consideration for me that I don't think a lot of people really know. But eventually, you are going to end your show. And if you want to end your show and then just keep it up for a month or two, that's up to you. If you want to keep it up for years later, then you're going to need something that's going to be available at lower cost. So just keep that in mind. Okay. And then her next question is, once you pick a plan, are you locked in for a set period of time? Not really. I mean, you might have to pay for the full month, maybe, but you're. it's not like a a cell phone contract or a cable contract or something like that. Most of the plans that I know of are month to month Now you can pay in advance for a year for reduced. But I think if you leave, you you get it prorated. So, yeah, I don't think any of the media hosting providers out there lock you in for three years, although that might be something that comes to give you a lower rate. So I I just don't know any that do it.
1: Yeah. And. Whenever you pay for anything, I think we said the on this back with our self-hosting episode, um, my recommendation with anything that you pre-pay with in the world of hosting, whether that's web hosting or media hosting, uh, pay for what you can assume to lose tomorrow. And what I mean by that is whenever we've seen m- web hosting providers start being bad service or go under or go away, whatever it is. You have this sea of people in the podcast community that suddenly go, that's ridiculous. I paid my $24 for three years, not realizing they paid only $24 for three years and they complain about it. And so that's why I always say, if you're going to prepay, assume it'll go away tomorrow and be comfortable with that. And if you're not comfortable with that, then go month to month.
0: Her next question is, is upgrading to advanced stats worth it when starting out in listenership is low? It really depends. I mean, if you're really trying to target a demographic, advanced stats might help you out. But I would, again, caution you to really not worry about stats when you're starting out. Once you get a couple hundred, 300, 500, maybe a thousand listeners, then that's when the stats really start to matter in the the advanced stats, because you can pick out, hey, Where are people listening to me? If people are literally listening to you from Belgium or from Guam or from Brazil or something like that, then you can you you can isolate content to those regions. More than likely, it's going to be worldwide or, or based in the country like most of the listeners to my shows are North American based. Yes, we do have worldwide listeners to all my shows that I've done, but most of them are in the North American continent. So I know that I need to pay more attention to those uh, types of issues rather than others. And this is true of Starling Tribune, Voices of Defiance, uh, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., that sort of thing. I think as far as just starting out, like I said, I don't think it's a really big deal to go for advanced stats right off the bat. Eventually, you might need to upgrade for like your storage issue that you were talking about. To go with the Libsyn example, yes, you can start out with the 150 megabytes per month plan. But as soon as you release four episodes at 40 megabytes each, you're going to need the next plan up. So just keep that in mind.
1: Uh, She also asked another question. Are mute buttons worth the investment and are they pricey? That's an excellent question. Are mute buttons worth the investment?
0: I have a unique answer to this question, but you have a specific answer. So why don't you go with it? Stephen?
1: <laughs> okay. For the audio listener, I was holding up my disassembled uh, Rolls MS-111. Again, that is a Rolls MS-111. And I will tell you about my experience with the Rolls MS-111 is that it's been giving me grief for a couple of months. I've had it for a maybe a Couple of years now, it's probably pushing a couple of years, and I've been having this weird thing that happens where the mute button, and this is a device that sits in between my microphone and the recording. And what happens is there's a button, so when it's it's uh, pushed, when it, the way I have it set up, when it's up, there's no signal. When it's down, there's a signal. And the reason that I have that is because the audio equipment that I use records whether or not my uh, channel is muted. The L12, the L8 when you hit mute, it, the recording is pre-mute button on those, meaning the recording is still going to get that. So from trying to uh, not have to edit out a bunch of things that I thought was muted later, which I used to have to do, um, I put this in here so that like if I do need to mute and you know yell at my kids for burning down the house while we're recording, I can mute and do that and not have it in the track and go edit it later. But It's been giving me problems for a little bit there. I've dusted it out. And right now I had to disassemble just because I wanted to give it a good spray and see if I see anything um, because it's out of warranty. So uh, it's at the moment, I would say that uh, it depends on your use. I only got a couple of years out of this. um, And so for, I don't know, I think I paid somewhere around 80 bucks Canadian. With the amount of times that I do have noise with kids, because I record below my living room and I have young kids, I would probably buy another one even if it only gets me a couple of years because it is worth it for me in the end, not having all that go to my recording. If I had a different recording structure where if I hit mute on my board and it recorded the track or it it, it muted on the recording, then I, I would definitely not have one. So. I don't know. I think it depends on your personal use case and how m- much you are recording. If you're recording not in a live environment either, I think that your need for this exponentially diminishes. I think that when you are doing something in a in a live environment or a, a setting where you want to keep as live as possible, you don't need to be streaming, but like let's say you're having a conversation with others then I think that it is more important so that you can make sure that your recording is completely clean because I have had people guest on my podcast before that have muted on Skype when we were using Skype, but their recording kept it going. So I went to edit and all of these things that I didn't write down of editing points were there because they muted while they were coughing or banging or doing whatever. And I didn't hear it while we were recording. But there it is on their track. So I think it really depends on your scenario. Ideally, whatever you're recording on would have like a muting option, like your mixer or whatever. But yeah, that's not the case. And I just double checked. I had paid $64 Canadian for it um, September 2019. So it is a couple, no, it's not even a couple years old. Wow.
0: My mute button was $499.99. <laughs> Mackie Pro 16 V2 mixer, and now there are V3. It is also four hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. It is a, a great capability with mute buttons, but I also had to buy a DBX 286s as my preamp and my digital processor, and I also had to buy a Zoom H6 as a recording device in order to do what we do here. Okay, said all that. That is the concept that I use. I don't recommend that anymore. I would recommend using a Zoom Podtrack P4. I would recommend using a Rodecaster Pro, even though I don't want one because of the limitations of it. A Zoom L8, Zoom L12, Zoom P8, that sort of thing. Here's the thing with all of those: I'm pretty sure the mute button is post fader, and the recording is pre fader on most of those. Which so
1: which is a problem. I think yeah. one of them did maybe update it. I I would have to go looking, but I thought that I at some point I saw a firmware update for something and I sent it to you and said, "Hey, look, they they did it." But I I might be just dreaming as well cuz I dream about equipment a lot.
0: Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't think that capability is available on the uh, it, it'll prevent the it, it's not worthless because it will prevent if you're recording live or it will prevent your co host from hearing what's going on and distracting them as you're recording. But then you're going to have to tell whoever's editing. If it's you, you know, it's you. But if somebody else, you're just going to have to tell them I had to mute several times during the show. And you will hear that during the recording if you have multiple tracks going on. So it's just uh, an aspect to it. So, yes, kind of unique. And unfortunately, uh, in this day and age. The way that I record, I wouldn't recommend somebody starting out to do. Uh, I do think, and I'd have to check, the. doesn't the PodTrack P4 have a mute button? And I don't know if it's like pre or post fader or, or, or something like that. So well, we'll have to take a look at that.
1: Uh, let's hit on uh, two more things here. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, uh, something that you observed and somebody contacted us, us about before I share sure. a little funny story that I think you'll appreciate.
0: OK, so we did get an email about this as well, but I noticed that the because we were having some behind the scenes talk, uh, Cody Goff brought it up about the Ambies and the nominations. So I started to look it up a little bit. And then one of the things that I looked up about the Ambies nominations, the Ambies, by the way, are the podcaster, the Academy Podcaster, whatever they're calling it. It's their awards, their annual awards, and it's completely been redone from what had has been in the past. It's something new. So it's not really indicative of, of past performance here, but I took a look at the nominees. There's 164 shows or individual uh, producers like sound designers, stuff like that, that have been nominated. So pod news pulled all of those and they listed all the nominate all, all the nominees with their hosting provider or wherever their, their show is being, uh, uh, originated from, as well as the production company that was associated with the podcast. Notice I said production company. So I took a look at all 164 shows and some of them I didn't know for sure, but most of them I was sure. So over 90% easily over 90%, possibly over 95% were from major production companies and that does include like the smaller podcast production companies like Gimlet but are solely there for producing quality podcast content that have teams of 10 15 25 on each podcast out of 164 there was easily less than five percent that was from individuals or hobbyists as far as I could tell none were hobbyists that I could tell and this is why we wanted to talk about it on Better Podcasting, because on Better Podcasting, both the live chat and the main prime show, as we keep on calling it, we are there for the hobbyist podcaster. So take a look at the industrialization of the space right now, and you take a look at the fact that only shows that are coming from professional production houses, for the most part, I, there could be onesie twosies, but it, it, mostly it's professional podcast production houses. There is very little room or notoriety right now for independent and hobby podcasters. That doesn't mean that you should not produce your show. It just means that they are spending literally tens of thousands of dollars on promotion. They're getting the face time in front of national media or worldwide media in some cases. They're able to advertise in places that you will not be able to advertise But you are actually playing in the same field as a hobby podcaster. When it comes down to it, it's just an RSS feed. So you can make even a better show than what's out there. You can do more research. You can have better sound design. You can have better sound quality. You can have better personalities on the microphone. You can have all of that. And it's just going to be hard for you to get the word out. And that's why we put together the show a couple of weeks ago on Better Podcasting Prime about content creation versus promotion. It is specifically for issues like this. I've been seeing it happen more and more and more. And it's something as a hobbyist that you have to keep in mind because you're not going to be able to compete with these people. It's like making your own movie on your camcorder versus Paramount or Disney Studios or something like that. You're just not going to be able to compete. They've got hundreds of people and millions of dollars. And there's you with your camcorder and your computer in front of you.
1: I don't know what you're talking about iPhone's been telling us that your consumer iPhone 12 is a filmmaking (laughs) camera. That's what they say.
0: It's a a professional uh, production device. Yes, You're absolutely right. You need to lean
1: into that, by the way. Uh, Okay, let me just also, one little observation that might make a few people angry is that the podcast industry is not new to this. It's just on a larger scale now. This is one of those things where if you go back and you look, and let, let's say you look around the era that we started at hobby podcasting, you probably saw a lot of clicks. Uh, you had certain bigger, well, we'll say at the time, bigger podcasts that were helping each other out. You had certain podcast companies that were helping each other out. You had a, had different circles of people that it seemed like there was consistent um, accolades given in these different circles. And you had that in sort of tech podcasts. You had certain podcasts that were all helping each other. You had that in media hosts. You, ha- you had a whole bunch of people that were of a certain design and a certain caliber. And, and that's what happened. And they all helped promote each other and build each other up. This is just now happening on a l- much larger scale than those people. Those people are, are knocked down a peg now. And you've got big, big, massive companies coming in, putting... God's amount of money into it. And so it's not new to podcasting and it's just a lot bigger now.
0: Yeah. So this is something that we will constantly talk about. It's what the Better Podcasting download was created for. And we'll probably touch upon it next week when we record the Better Podcasting Prime show. But this is something that was asked specifically. So I wanted to respond to it in the show that uh the, very little hobbyists are getting get notoriety from these award show that are literally created to highlight shows to make money like let the golden globes the academy awards in hollywood they are inter industry awards but the production that is made from them the grammys the the you know, the music awards to the, the, the production and the, the advertisement to everybody, it's to increase notoriety of the industry. So there's a lot of money that's tied up in these shows. And just like podcasting, there's going to be now is podcasting ever going to be as big as the Academy Awards? No. Is it going to be as big as the Grammys? No. Is it going to be as big as the Golden Globes? No, it's not. It's don't, don't pretend it's going to be, it is not. But it's still going to be its own big industry, mini industry on its own. And it's going to be millions of dollars, perhaps billions of dollars every year. I did see like advertisement was in the billions of dollars. So yes, it's a billion dollar industry. And yeah, got it. But you as a hobbyist, have fun, create the content that you want to, because that's what's going to keep you in the game. And don't compare yourself to industry because you're not going to be able to compete with these people with 25 people uh, creating a a podcast episode a day. It's just not going to happen. I recorded Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Sunday, and I'm not going to be able to get that episode out until tomorrow, which is Wednesday or Thursday, just because I go to work, I come home, I've recorded another couple of podcasts, but there's stuff that I have to do at home, like cook, clean, laundry, maintenance on the cars, that sort of thing. So I can't devote myself 100% to making the episode the way that I want to. So it's just going to take some additional time. So Wednesday or Thursday, a podcasting team of 25, heck, even five podcasting team of five. I am uh, a, a Patreon of some daily shows. They're able to get that show out in an hour. Of course they could edit a little bit more. And I've told them that, but it, it's their business model. They need to do the podcast and get it out right then and there. And I'm just never going to be able to compete with that because no. I don't have the team of five with it. So just just keep that in mind.
1: All right, well, we're going to close things in a minute, but I want to share a, a personal story that I thought SP will enjoy. Now, I actually had two personal stories I was going to share. So uh, after the show, after we finish recording this, I'll go ahead and uh, just give a quick musing. It's actually a bit of a recycled story, That's, but I'll touch on that after and post that to our Discord server. I'll extract that from the video, but... Uh, so if you want to check that out, betterpodcasting.com slash discord. But let's go with the one that SP doesn't know about. And uh, it's what I'm calling How I Dreamed My Podcast.
0: I'm scared now.
1: <sighs> Absolutely. Uh, the other day, this was Saturday morning. No, this was sun- Sunday morning. I woke up. And so I had a uh, three-day weekend this past weekend. I had Friday off. And so on Sunday morning, I woke up and like one in the the morning and I thought, SP is going to be so mad at me. I totally forgot to publish better podcasting. And I had this moment of panic thinking that Sunday had come and gone and I totally had slipped. I didn't edit it. I didn't post it. And and I had this, this image that you were going to get very, very mad at me. And then I realized, oh, it's Sunday morning. You got the day to do it. So anyways, I dreamt about better podcasting and how you were going to get so mad at me that I just completely slipped. And, and, you know, like if we've ever been late on better podcasting, I always send him a message and say, why? Usually there's a production issue. But I had this moment of panic at like one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's actually funny because this weekend I was thinking, did is Stephen going to publish the podcast? I actually, I don't, I don't always think of that, but I'm like, okay, when is it going to come out? Because I, there's a couple of things that I want to promote it because uh, as we've stayed in the last couple of weeks, we've had marquee episodes of uh, better podcasting that we took a lot of time uh, to do and they were longer and I knew that he might have trouble editing them because of length the the longer a show is the longer it takes to edit and it seems like it's exponentially longer which is one mm-hmm. of the reasons why i'm not going to get legends of shield out until like thursday this week because the podcast was a half an hour longer than it normally was and it's just something that i'm going to have to live with and and go with but uh, last week was one of those marquee episodes. We try to keep it as short as possible, but it was it is slightly longer. And over the weekend, I was thinking, is Steven going to be able to get this out? Is is, is this going to happen? I don't know. And, and it was no big deal either way. We would have just sent out tweets and told the Discord people and everything, hey, look, we're going to be late. No big deal. Uh, and I don't think it would. But we do try to get the show out. By Monday morning every week. And uh, if that wasn't going to come out, I was actually going to have your back and I was (laughs) going to start tweeting out, look, it's going to be a day later, uh, just production issues with my track or something like that, just to just to have Steven's back. Right. And uh, I didn't need to do that. So it was funny that we were both thinking about it this weekend (laughs) because it, it obviously was important to both of us.
1: Yes, it was. But that's going to take us to the end of the show. Before we go, SP wanted to drop something that he was going to mention where you can find him not on Better Podcasting, not on Gonna Geek, and not on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. either.
0: Yeah, and uh, as hard as I try to make it, I don't think we're going to come back with a special episode of Starling Tribune to cover the Schneider cut of the, uh, is it Batman versus Superman or is it, what League. movie is that? What's that?
1: Justice League.
0: Oh, it's just it. DC, I don't even care. So yeah, it's not going to be Starling tribute. What it is is, I actually I had like five podcasts that dropped on Monday. I had Oof Right in the Childhood, which I did with Jen, and she's the the person that runs Oof Right in the Childhood. It's a podcast that is rewatching old Disney movies and taking them from the animated movies and taking them from the early days on. And she got me to to come on and guest, or I actually I convinced her to come on and guest. For The Rescuers, which is the 1977 film, Bob Newhart and Eva Gabor played the two main characters. It was really fun over there. Once again, you can get that over at OOF right in the childhood. And as I've been teasing for a month now, Mercury Theater Podcast. I'm now announcing that this week is the podcast audio drama that I was cast in. John, who is the owner and the producer of that show, graciously had me on his show. And as part of what he does, he does creator interviews with people and and guests that he has come on his show and that sort of thing. So that episode dropped yesterday as well. You can find that at Mercury Theater Podcast. Theater is spelled at the end with an R-E versus an E-R. So they spell it
1: properly. That's what you're telling me.
0: Yeah, well, properly with an E. Yeah, that's right. And then, of course, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to, the very episode that I'm talking about, is going to drop in a couple of days. The WandaVision finale, we recorded it Sunday. It's going to be out late Wednesday night or probably Thursday, and that's pretty cool as well. Uh, so March 29th, the audio drama comes out. I'm really looking forward to that. I The actors that I performed with, there was two of them. They were both so good so good. And I am just amazed that I got to slum with them because that's what it was. I was slumming with them.
1: Well, congratulations on that, SP. That is awesome. And uh, I, I do sincerely give you my congratulations. Also, if you Google right now at the moment, Mercury Theater Podcast, you know how a lot of times it gives you the sub pages in the results on the top result yeah. right now. Uh, second sub result is Stargate Pioneer. So there you go. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't uh, notice that. I'm going to so. do that right yeah. now. But
0: that's it, 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 which way did you uh, spell theater? The proper way. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, so that's going to take us to the end of the show for episode number 28 of Better Podcasting Live it's on the Chat.
0: Top of the show notes, big guy.
1: I'm Stephen John Drew saying, Yep, it was my roles MS111 that I'm currently having issues with.
0: And I'm SP, and I hope everybody has a great month. We'll be back in four weeks with another Bed Podcasting Live. See ya.
1: Congrats again, SP, bye. Thanks
0: for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network, at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of GunnaGeek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.